Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Me to uh, Genesis, the 26th chapter. Last week, Pastor was ministering. Of course, I knew that I would be doing this Sunday, and... Um, while he was ministering, if you didn't hear last week's message, it was really, really good, as always. And so as he was uh, ministering, this, the Lord just reminded me of this scripture, and this phrase just kept coming up in my heart. And so uh, I may not be the smartest guy in the world, but, but I do recognize when the Lord's pointing me in a direction. So uh, uh, I got it out this week and, and looked at it, and uh, uh, so we're going to read this together. In Genesis chapter 26, in the 13th verse, it says, The man began to prosper, speaking about Isaac. So the man, the man, the man, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Uh, you know, people think that uh, God doesn't want his children blessed. Well, they just don't know the Bible. He, he's okay with you being very prosperous. He just wants to make sure he still has your heart. Uh, it says he continued to prosper until he was very prosperous for he had uh, possessions of flocks and possessions of herd and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up the wells which the father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they had filled them with, with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which, had been, which, had, which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up. Stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. But this phrase that uh, uh, says in verse 18, then Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And so the phrase just redigging your wells just kept coming up. And, um, you know, we're, we're, in a, we're in a time right now where great things, uh, uh, things are beginning to happen. And whether or not you, you recognize it or not, I'm here to tell you great things are happening. Of course, we have God's word on it, but but at the same time, there's just a sense of momentum in the spirit. Uh, things are happening. Things are going in a, in a direction that, uh, uh, that, trust me, you want to be a part of it. And, uh, uh, you know, in, in my heart, and I can say this, Amy and I's heart, Pastor, Pastor Angela's heart, you know, we don't want to see anybody left behind. You know, the motto of the military, no one left behind. You know, we, there's a motto here. We have the same, same heart. We don't want to see anybody left behind. You know, it's possible to be in the right place at the right time and still miss out on what God's doing. And so we don't want anybody to be here and to, and, and to be hearing things and in an atmosphere where God's moving yet miss out on what God's doing. You know, uh, I was thinking the other day, you know, we, we know about the, uh, when Jesus appeared after his resurrection, he appeared to all these different ones and appeared to over 500, you know, at a single time and, and told them to wait for the outpouring of the spirit. He said, you know, don't depart, but stay here because I've got something for you, something that you need. He said, you'll be, you'll receive power when the spirit has come upon you. How many know that receiving power from God, especially when it was coming from the mouth of the one that was, that you just saw crucified, you just saw buried, and he's now arisen from the dead. He's telling you, don't go anywhere because I've got power for you. How many think that would carry some weight? Right. I mean, th this wasn't just, you know, Betty from the, from the 7-Eleven telling them, well, we got power. This was Jesus, the one who was dead and now is alive forevermore. It's telling him, listen, don't go anywhere because you're about to receive power. So in a situation, these people heard from Jesus themselves that something great was coming. 
And yet on the day of Pentecost, you know, they were meeting, uh, meeting on the day of Pentecost. And we know in, in, Acts, chapter, in, in Acts chapter 2, it says there was just 120 of them gathered together. And 120 is great, and, and it's an encouraging thing to me to know that even with 120, God can still rock the world with 120, right? And so, you know, uh, we, we, you never want to look around and think, well, it's just, it was just this, or if we had more numbers. No, it's not in the numbers. It's in people whose hearts are sold out to God. And so 120 were there, and God moved in a mighty way. And so it's an incredible thing, and we celebrate it. And we're still experiencing the results of that day that that 120 waited on and got to experience. We're still experiencing that today, right? Now, I'll be honest with you. We're, we're not maybe experiencing the, uh, uh, the awesome external things that they saw, can I just tell you this, that that's, that's, that's still God's will to do those kind of things. You know, you have to understand God is limited in your life by what you're open to. I've said it before. He, he's limited by what you're even open to. If you're only open to a little bit of Jesus in your life, guess, guess what you're going to have? A little bit of Jesus. I'll say this, a little bit of Jesus is better, uh, is better than no bit of Jesus, Right? <laughs> I mean, a little bit of Jesus is better than no Jesus in your life. But, you know, if that's all you're open to, that's all you'll have. That's all you'll have if that's all you're open to. And I just want to encourage you to, when we see these things in the Word, they're not just stories. They're they're not just things there that we can look back and say, oh, how great it was back in the day. Back in the day, they had it back in the day. And so, no, we're still living in that day. And so anything we see that happened, if it happened then, it's still, listen, God has not changed. God has not moved, but, but our expectation has got to stay where we're open to these things, where we, we are open to what he wants to do. You've, it, it, the whole, it just starts with being open to God, just being open to what's possible but what, by what he wants to do. And people say, well, you know, I don't want to get weird. I don't want you to get weird either. Nobody wants each, each of us to get weird. But, you know, there are different... Listen, people call things weird for different reasons. And just because someone's perspective might think something is weird doesn't mean it's weird. If you don't like flying in airplanes, you might think it's strange that I love to fly in airplanes. You might think that's weird. But listen, don't let somebody else's, I'm not going to let somebody else's lack of experience in that area dictate to me what I think is okay and what I'm open to. Listen, th- this world thinks it's, these things are strange, but I'll tell you something. Uh, they are looking for something in this area as well. They may think the things of God and the demonstrations of God that we see in Acts chapter 2 and these things are strange, and they might think we're weird, but they're still looking for th- th- this stuff. That's why on Friday nights when the latest paranormal experience movie comes out, that's why they're there in, by herds watching it. They're, 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 it's just the reason their perspective is different because the one that's on the inside of them craves something different than what's on the inside of a believer. What's important what you, what you put into your life. Can I just say this? There's no business of a believer, a believer watching that kind of trash. Can I just tell you the truth? I like scary stuff. Well, shame on you. God is not the author of fear, right? He didn't, he didn't originate it and he's not playing with it today. And he never brings fear. He doesn't promote fear. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not trying to scare you into loving him. <laughs> it's not the way it works. But see, the world may think these things are strange, but yet they still hunger for this as well. That's just their, their focus is in the wrong place. 
And so we have to be open to these things. And, and at the same time, we're not pushing God to do anything specific. But at the same point, we're open. If we see these things in the word and we see them here, then we can expect them to happen today. In, in Azusa Street, it had nothing to do with what I was going to talk about this morning, but Azusa Street, the fire department got called because the building was on fire, yet it wasn't burning down. Neighbors saw the, the building on fire, right? And yet the building wasn't being burned down. They called the fire department. Look it up. I mean, you know, how, how many think that sounds kind of similar to maybe Acts chapter 2? Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be, I would, I'm actually, I'm more than just okay with seeing that again. I actually would kind of like to see that, right? I mean, it's not just why I'm okay with it. Eh, you know, you, you might be, well, that's a little freaky. I don't know that I want to be in a building that's burning. Well, well, and I don't know that I want to be. Listen, if, if it's fire from God, I want to be there. Now, it's fire because you're playing with matches. I'll, 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 I will pardon myself from being there. But if God's there and the building's on fire because he's there, I want to be there. Listen, God hasn't changed. It's a sign and it's a wonder. Amen. And it's something as believers that we should be open to. And, and, and listen, if God wants to do it, then by all means, go for it. He's God. But I'm not going to let my lack of, of openness limit him. Think, well, you know, it, 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 I don't want to get weird. Listen, you, we have to trust in God's ability to keep us. A minister said this, and, I, and it stuck with me. So we have to trust in God's ability to keep us more than the enemy's ability to deceive us. We have to trust in God's ability to keep us more than we trust in the enemy's ability to deceive us. I'm open to what God has for me. Are you open to what God has for you? Are you open to what he wants to do in your life? When you see things in the word, when you see it, you might see just an attitude of heart where, you know what, Lord? Hey, here I am. Anytime you want to do it, I'll be a part of it. I'll go with you. There are things that are happening, things that are going on. You know, and, and, and really, when we talk about this stuff, every person's heart is stirred. I mean, really, every person, if you're a believer, your heart is stirred. To see, because, we, because, you know, in, in, in our hearts, we know, if a person's honest, they know God's real. But we don't see a lot of evidence of, of things that we don't recognize. It's there, we just don't recognize it. <laughs> you know, your next breath is, is, a, is a sign of the goodness of God, because this whole thing could fall apart in a moment, Right? But, but we, there's a desire for these things. It's okay to want this stuff. Are y'all out there? This side is there. All right. Thank you, Paula. I'll come back over here. Hey, it's okay to want this stuff. It's okay to want this stuff. It's okay to be, it's okay to desire to see God show up. You know, pastor's been talking about, you know, the, the story of, the, uh, uh, of was Elijah or Elisha? I always get the two of them confused. And, and the Spirit of the Lord came on him, you know, and he said, that it, that he said, he said go out and look, told a servant, go out and look. And because they'd had famine for three years and, and the servant came back. And all of a sudden, I don't see anything. He came back the last time. He said, well, there's, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand in the distance. He told him, so, well, you, buddy, you better get your running shoes on. You better strap up those Nikes and run because it's about to storm, Right. Right? You better get those Reebok pumps going. Anyway, that's for Brian. But uh, he, had, he had Reebok pumps on his uh, cast. But anyway, uh, you know, you, you, better strap those, you better strap your shoes up and get running. Can I, can I, can I tell you something? If you, can't, if you can't get excited about a cloud the size of a man's hand, 
If you can't let that start affecting the way you live, when a cloud is the size of a man's hand off in the distance, if you can't get excited about that, if you can't jump on board with that, if you can't start running with that, you'll never see the storm clouds flooding your life. Well, if I just, if the, if I just see some more, listen, can you see anything? The size of, if you can see something, if what God is doing in your life, the size of a man's hand, strap up your shoes and start a running, brother. What if they had not responded to that? When, when he went out and saw that, that, you know, he sent him out serving out and he came back the seventh time. So all I see is a cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah had said, six times nothing. The seventh time, that's all I get. Well, I, th- I, thought, I thought I was going to get something today. I thought something was going to happen. You know what? They'd have missed it. See, their response to when it seemed small determined their ability to run with it when it was big, right? I don't even know what I said. Their, their ability to, to respond when it was small, right? Your, their ability to respond when it was small determined their ability to participate in it when it was big, right? And we don't want anybody to miss out. And so if you've been here, and, and I know this happens because I've, I've sat in the same seats. I've heard the same stupid lies. Can we call them what it is? They're just stupid lies. The devil's a liar and nothing that comes out of his mouth is true. If he says it, you know it's a lie because he's just a liar, right? Well, how do you know it's, how do you know it's, how, well, how do you know it's a lie? Well, does it agree with the word? No, well, then it's a lie. You don't need to get a candy gram telling you that that's a lie. No, it's a lie. If it doesn't line up with the word, it's a lie, Amen. right? But the thought comes, well, everybody's talking about revival and this has happened and that's how, and I don't see anything. I, I don't, I mean, I, it, you know, I can see God, I can see some people are, they say they're experiencing, they're experiencing this. Some people are getting, but you know, I mean, service has been okay, but I, you know, I don't get the point. What's the point? The point is there's, there is a cloud the size of a man's hand. <laughs> hey, how are you going to respond to that cloud? What are you going to do? See, God's moving. If you, listen, if, you, if you're in a place, if you're in a place where the, the talk of these things is starting to frustrate you. No, let's, be, let's just be real for a minute. I've been there at times. Where the talk of these things, if it's starting to frustrate you, go to God about it. Talk to God about it. Listen, God does not bring frustration. That's not what he does. See, a lot of times when God begins to start moving in your life and you start to recognize some things, one of the things that happens is, and it's easy to, 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 to get your attention on the wrong thing or to think one thing is something that it's not. But when God starts to happen, a lot of times, you know, God starts moving in your life and, God's, and moving around you and you start noticing things that aren't right at the same time. You might see the hand as small, as a, a cloud as small as a man's hand, but then you also recognize things in your own life that just aren't right or things in others that aren't right, <laughs> right? Things in church that are there's not a perfect church anywhere. Impact Family Church is not the perfect church, right? I know that because you're here. <laughs> I know that because I'm here. But isn't that, isn't that one of the cool parts of it that God gets to use imperfect people? And in perfect gatherings and still accomplish his will in the earth. <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty cool. He doesn't need top, the very best in every situation. He doesn't need perfect people. He just needs people whose hearts are open, right? 
But see, when, this, when things begin to happen, people go, there are phases of revival. If I could just make something up. <laughs> that when it first starts happening, frustration is one of those first areas. Frustration is one of those first areas. Frustration sets in because, because and it's easy to think that it's a, the church problem or it's other people problem or it's the pastor's problem or it's your spouse's problem or whatever. It's just things in your life that you're seeing that don't quite measure up. Even when it's a cloud the size of a man's hand, it will draw attention to these things. Well, don't let frustration get you out, get you, get you out, of, out, you know, out, out of the game. Don't let frustration move you. Don't let frustration drive you away. Don't. When you recognize it for what it is, I've been there. When you recognize it for what it is, it's just, it's just my own heart. It's just the pressure or maybe it's the pressure of, of, of things in this world that have too much of a hold on me. <laughs> it can make you a little uncomfortable. Well, see it for what it is. When you recognize it for what it is and you start responding to it and reacting in the right way, I tell you, frustration just tends to just melt away. Amen. God's doing stuff. I said, God's doing stuff. I said, God's doing stuff. You know, I can tell you in my own, my own life, and if you, if you can't see the cloud the size of a man's hand, I'll just tell you my own life. God's talking to me more than he's ever, well, I, let me say that correctly. I'm recognizing his voice more clearly every day. He's never not been talking to me. I just haven't been paying attention. And every day, I, I'm experiencing more of, of hearing more from him, uh, enjoying fellowship with him, seeing things I haven't seen, just enjoying him more every day. Even a person in the ministry, I can look back five years ago, and I'm having better today than I did even then. Right? And, and, and I'm enjoying what's next. I'm enjoying what God's doing. Listen, get involved. Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. Like I said, we don't want to see anybody left behind. God's just got too much for us. And going back to the scripture in Genesis, that verse 18, and Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. Redigging wells. Just, just a simple concept. You know, back in, in these days, where your well was, that was where your life was. And the quality of life that you enjoyed depended upon the quality of the well you had. If, if your well was a shallow well and it was, you had muddy water coming out of it, then you enjoyed a muddy water type of life. If, if, have you ever drilled a well maybe and, and, you know, or tried to do one, you can get the hoses, try to make your own well, and you get down to an area where there's sulfur water. It's got that smell of rotten eggs in it. How many know that you can only enjoy so much of that? It might meet a need, but it might not be as pleasurable as it should be. It just depends on the depth of your well, what you allow in your well. So back in these days, rainfall wasn't huge, but they didn't have a whole lot of rainfall. But there were wells of water, water under the ground. And so they would dig wells to, to get down to it. That way to, to, to supply water for their lives, for their flocks, for their families, for these things. And so they were always in the, in the process of making sure their wells were cleaned out. Now, it says here that the Philistines had, uh, had filled them in because they were jealous. But, but, you know, in our own life, just life tries to fill in our wells with earth. This earth tries to fill in our wells. Our existence here just tries to fill in our wells. 
And so the Lord just gave me three areas uh, uh, to talk about. There's probably others, but, but he gave me three, so we'll talk about three. Three areas that we want to make sure that we are redigging, continually redigging our wells. Now, let me just say this. This doesn't mean that there's a problem in your life. If you have to do some digging in this area, it doesn't mean there's an issue. It just means you can get it cleaner. Just means you can you can filter out some more stuff, right? You, that you can you can and maybe you need to dig. Maybe some maybe a bunch of dirt has been dumped in your well in one of these areas. Well, clean it out. Listen, nobody can clean this out but you. Amen. I don't want to see anybody left behind. Go with me to Ephesians chapter three. Now, this is a scripture that I had read uh, back in in uh, December. And I'll read this again on a Sunday night, read this. And so I just had it on my heart to read this again. Uh, praise God when you're there. Say hallelujah. Say whatever you like. Just let me know you're there. I lost my place. There we go. Ephesians chapter 3. Just three areas that, that the Lord put on my heart. And in, in verse 14, Ephesians three fourteen says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Listen, strength from God comes from the inner man. That's where it originates. It will affect the outer man, but that's where it starts is on the inner man. The real you, your, the spirit being. It's verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ with Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the, all the fullness of God now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen but notice being rooted and grounded in love one of the areas that the enemy is always trying to throw dirt in your well is in the well and is where you are grounded it is God's love for you Back in December, I talked about this, and it's an important thing. I just felt like I need to go back to it again, that, that this is a well for you. This is, this is an area where you will draw life, that you will draw strength from, that you'll draw from. And listen, God loves you. God is crazy about you, right? The Bible says that you are predestined, that, he, 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 that you are predestined. We'll read this, this scripture and back in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasures of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Listen, God loves you and he has accepted you. Now, that doesn't mean that the things in our life, error in our life, we shouldn't deal with it. But can I just say this? The only person who was able to cast stones didn't. The only person that was in a position to, to start tossing stones at people who was without sin in his life did not do it. And can I just tell you, he's still not casting stones today. He's not. He, I said, he's just not. Now, Jesus did tell her, he said, Lisa, where are your accusers? She said, they're not here. He said, he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He doesn't want her to continue where she was. Listen, he may not want you to continue where you're at, but listen, he's still not here to condemn you. We all have areas. We all have areas, maybe today, but most of the time our areas that trip us up are the ones we, that we tripped up in yesterday. That's in the past. If you've asked God to forgive you, it's under the blood. Move on. 
Listen, God loves you. He desires to do good things that you are qualified to receive, not just a part of his blessing, but all of the goodness of God. You're qualified. You're qualified. I said, you're qualified. Everybody say, I'm qualified. Listen, you, you, don't have, you don't have to settle for second best in any area. God wants to shower the, the full extent of his grace and the full extent of his goodness upon your life. He's looking for an opportunity to do that. He, he, he wants to do that. You're, you're qualified. You're qualified. Don't live under, under the condemnation of yesterday. If it's something you need to deal with it, deal with it, but then move on. Listen, don't live there. Move on. Well, you know, because of this or that, I can't. No, 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 no. There's none of that. God loves you. This is an area in your life you've got to continually, continually be making sure that you are cleaning this well in your life. It is a source of, of life. It is a source of of. Of, of, of refreshing in your life. God's love for you is greater than you can even possibly imagine. You know, I, I was thinking, you know, that uh, you think of Jesus on the cross, you know, being nailed to the cross and what, a, what, what, a, what an incredible, what an incredible thing. But one of the things that has, it just stands out, has always stood out to me that after they nailed him to the cross, Jesus said, Father, he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You ever think, just think about just, the kind of his, his attitude towards people, even the ones who had the hammer and the nail, it would have been easy to say, forgive them, except for that guy. Because that was just especially bad. But so forgive them, but not that guy right there. He didn't, he just said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Just, just forgive them. Listen, God's not holding anything against you. He's not holding anything against you. So move on, amen? No, it's something that, that, that it, like I said, I felt like I needed to repeat it, but, but it, it's an area of our life we've got, to, we've got to stay on top of. The enemy is called the accuser of the brethren. That's not God. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren, right? The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. God is not accusing you of anything. He's not. Now, your own heart may challenge you in areas, Deal with those things. We're not one of those churches that preaches, you know, do whatever you want, God's happy with it. No, no, if you, if there's, if you got problems, you know, deal with it. But deal with it, right? You know, address it. Acknowledge it, address it. Ask the grace of God to move in and to help you. You know, he's there to do that. The Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain help and find, or obtain mercy and help in time of need. If you find yourself in a place where there's something you're struggling with, well, go to God and get some grace for time of help. He's got grace there. He's got help. He's got mercy for you. Don't run from him. Run to him. Adam and Eve wanted to hide themselves. Notice God knew, God knew what had happened. He still came to hang out with them. He still followed his custom in the cool of the day to hang out with them, even knowing that they had messed up. They hid themselves. God did not hide. God's not hiding from you. He's here. This, can I say he's here this morning? He's here this morning, amen. So God's love for you is a well we don't want to win or make sure that we are uh, keeping clean. Another area that we need to make sure that we are working on is your love for God. This is a big area. You know, we're living in a time where the pressures of this age are trying trying to get people, trying to cause people's love for God to grow dim trying to get you, what really what that is, is just trying to get you to love other things. 
says in, um, go to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew, the 22nd verse. Is this all right this morning? Praise God. It better be because that's all you're getting today. No, I'm just kidding. Matthew 22. (laughs) The 35th verse. Matthew 22, 35. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked, asked him a question, speaking to Jesus, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus answered, the Son of God answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. One of the things in our life we have to stay on top of, and it's a well of which water flows, life flows, is your love for him. It's possible to be born again, yet your love for him, be in relationship with him, have accepted Jesus as your savior. It's possible to be in that place and yet still uh, have your love grow cold towards the Lord. Can, Can I just be honest? Pastor Greg's been there before. I've been there before. Probably everybody here could acknowledge that at some point you've been there before. Where other things just became more important. That means that, that, listen, God doesn't want you to value other things. The Lord doesn't want you to love other things. I love Florida State football, but I shouldn't love it more than Jesus. What is it that you love? What is it, the thing in your life that, 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 just, that just excites you? You know, your family, your kids can become a God in your life. It's true. Your job can become God. Right? It's important. I had a, something that uh, Aaron Hankins had said, and I'm trying to find it. Well, I'll go get to it later, but anyway. Your love for God is such a big deal. You know, we, we read the parable of the sower and there's, there's uh, all of these things. The enemy comes immediately to steal the word. And, and, and one of the things, you know, that talks about that happens in there is that, you know, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in. You know, the enemy's always trying to present you other options. He's always trying to present your options, other options to put your affections somewhere else. One of the things I see happen a lot of times is the Lord begins to bless somebody. They're, they're, they're fresh. They, just, they get born again. They've got a, just a love for God. And then they begin to experience the blessings and the benefits of being in relationship with God. They begin to experience the goodness of God. And the, the, the benefits then begin to, begin to take on a life of their own to where that they begin to uplift those benefits above the one who gave the benefits fit. Don't let the blessings replace the blesser. Don't let the benefits, there are benefits and listen, God wants you to experience those benefits. There are many benefits and he wants us to know them all. He does. He wants you to know all of the benefits. He wants you to know the benefit of a successful career, a happy family. He wants a healthy body. He wants you to know the benefits of those things. But don't let them take on a life of their own where, they're, where the blessings overdo and replace the blesser. It's such a big deal. Maintain a heart for God. The Bible says uh, uh, for in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, it says, For our God is a consuming fire. 
Are you consumed with him? You can be consumed with God and still love other things, but not consumed by anything else. Only one thing should consume you, it should be him. It says in Deuteronomy of that, uh, in that same scripture, quoting that scripture, it says, for the Lord our, your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Yeah, he, he wants it all, Iris said. You know, he deserves it all. He deserves it all. See, you know, we, we've been talking a lot around here about hunger. Hunger and desiring more for God. Listen, you can't be hungry for more of God if you're not in love with him. You can't desire and hunger for more of Jesus unless you're in love with him. Impact Family Church, members here, are you, being, are you consumed with him? Listen, when you're in love with Jesus, little petty things won't distract you. Petty things won't distract you, right? When you're in love with him, little things that don't matter. Listen, like I said earlier, nothing's perfect. This isn't a perfect church, not perfect people. You're not a perfect person. Even things in your own life aren't, aren't what they 100% should be. But if you're in love with Jesus, it won't get you off course. Because he will always continue, because he loves you. He'll always continue to keep guiding you and directing you the direction you need to go. This is a big deal. It's a big deal. I, I've noticed this, the longer you're born again, the more common these things become, begin to seem. Your, your relationship with God and being in him becomes more ordinary, doesn't it? And, and we, we should become more comfortable with it as time goes on, but never lose that zeal, that passion for him, right? Just because if you've been born again for 30 years, you shouldn't be, you, you, you shouldn't be you, we shouldn't be outdone. I can put myself in the same boat. I've been born again for more than 30 years. We shouldn't let those who are new to the things of God outpace me. Well, because I, I, I'm, I'm older and wiser. You should be further along then. You should, be able to be, you should be running with less encumbrances at this point because you've been running longer, right? Not more weighted down, but, more, but freer. Maintain a heart for God. I, I don't even know what else to say. It's so simple. Maintain a heart for God. Maintain a heart for God. I don't want to see you get left out. Maintain a heart for him. I had a lot of scriptures here. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, you can turn there. We're going to stop here in just a minute. 2 Chronicles 16. 2 Chronicles the 16th chapter. <laughs> What's that? I thought somebody said something over here. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show, him str- to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. The Bible in basic English says, For the eyes of the Lord go this way and that, through all the earth, letting letting it be seen that that he is in, letting it be seen that he is the strong support of those whose hearts are true to him. Being loyal to him, your heart being loyal to him, your heart being true to him. Listen, don't cheat on Jesus. Amen. Don't let something else take the place that only he's supposed to have in your life. 
I love my wife. She's second best to my relationship with Jesus. She's second place to that. I love my kids. They're second place. They are secondary to that. That's what keeps me steady. That's what, that keeps me where I need to be. That's what keeps me in a position where that God can continue to show himself strong on my behalf. Because my heart stays loyal to him. Well, praise God. It's so important. We want to make sure we keep the well of God's love for us clean, cleared out. Keep the well of our love for him cleared out. And number three, keep the well of valuing his presence. Cleaning up. These are three areas the Lord gave me for this morning. An understanding and a walking in his love for us, maintaining a heart to him, but also valuing his presence. Listen, folks, this is the thing for which we were created was for the presence of God. There is nothing more important. Psalm 16 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forever. Listen, being in his presence is a place that can't be compared to anything else. Maintain a desire, that well of valuing the presence of God. Keep it clean in your life. Listen, when you value the presence of God, a song you don't like on a Sunday morning won't limit your ability to enjoy his presence, right? Just like, you know, a coworker on Monday morning who's being a jerk won't let, a limit, be able to limit your valuing his presence and experiencing his presence that day. Value the presence of God. Value the presence of God. Value the presence of God. His presence, I tell you what, is... Is, is astounding. Psalms chapter eight, this was written by David, of course, a man after God's own heart. So when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? The living Bible says, pay him any attention. God wants to visit you. He wants to be not, and not just be a visitor, but a, the visitor who never leaves. Right? Here a visitor comes over and they overstay their welcome. He, he, he never overstays his welcome because his welcome never runs out. Once you get him there, you want him there. The presence of God. Who is man that you are mindful and that you would visit him? I have such a strong desire in my heart as a church. When I say a church, impact film church, but it's members to begin to, to start experiencing life in a place where God is showing up in your life. Just enjoying his presence. I said a couple weeks ago, you know, that, that you might just see him in service. Well, that's weird. Says who? It's not. Are you open to it? Do you desire his presence? Do you desire these things? Listen, listen, maintaining a hunger for this and, and a, keeping this well clean where you value the presence of God. Well, I don't really know what it's like. But I tell you, come in, get, you know, come Right now, just invite his presence. It's not difficult. I almost said, come to church. You don't need to wait till tonight. Right where you sit right now, the presence of God is here. Just begin to experience him. Ask God to show himself strong in your life. Ask him to reveal himself in your life. But then don't tell him, this is how you got to do it. No, no, no. Be open to what he wants to do. Tell you, he's got more for you. Praise God. We're running out of time.
you know, earlier I talked about our, our, our mistakes and things that, that hold us back. In Philippians chapter 3, you can turn there if you like. In Philippians chapter 3. You know, these, one of the, these build upon each other. Every one of them are tied to one, other, uh, one another. In Philippians, the third chapter, verse 13, it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, I reach forward to those things that are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He said he did, he did, he did multiple things here, but he did them at the same time. He forgot the things that were behind, and he reached for the things which are ahead. He pressed toward, pressed for, toward, pressed toward the goal of the upward call in Christ Jesus. What is that upward goal? What is that prize that's before you? It's his presence. It's his presence. That, that's the prize. You can't hold on to the past and still reach for the future at the same time. You can't hold on to this and not, and not to the d- d- mistakes and not lay hold of his presence. Desire his presence. It'll help you move past the past. It'll help you to put those things, lay those things aside, right? Gr- go after the presence of God. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. You know, in, in Genesis chapter three, I said that earlier in the cool of the day, God was walk- walking in the garden. His presence is available in the, in, the, in the easy times of the day. Now, forget their sin aside. He was still there. It was his custom, the cool of the day. But don't you remember a little story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? When they were tossed into the fire. Nebuchadnezzar said three were thrown in, but I see four walking in there. One is as if the son of God. Yes, his presence is available in the cool of the day. His presence is also available in the heat of the fire. His presence is available Every moment of every day. It's available all the time. I tell you, it doesn't matter. See, we, 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 we say that because we all, we have, there's this tendency, people have been there too. Well, there's a reason why I can't have that right now. That sounds good, but there, I'm in things right now. I'm in a situation in my life, a stage of my life where I just can't have it. No, in, in the cool of the day, yes. But in the heat of the fire, he's there as well. Go after his presence, Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Notice those who wait on the Lord. That doesn't mean waiting on the Lord. He's running late. That's not what it means. It means spending time in his presence, desiring his presence. Listen, if you're hungry for the presence, if you value it, you'll make time for it. If you value his presence, you will take advantage of the opportunities you have to enjoy his presence. And the more you do that, the more you'll start recognizing his presence all the time. Take advantage of it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.